Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Sitting in for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigurdsson. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Assiniboia Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we look at a new initiative by Sask Power to help keep farmers safe. We also look at recent hail claims in the province and just how many there were. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank. 306-721-6677. Sask Power has more than doubled the funding for the Farmyard Line Relocation Program for the coming year. Sask Power Media Consultant Scott McGregor says Sask Power is increasing the funding from 2 to $5 million for the subsidized service. He says it is enough financing for about 300 projects. Safety is our priority, and in, at, at its core, this program is all about safety. It's about making farmyard safety, or safer rather, and, uh, and, and helping farmers get through harvest without, without incident. Under the program, SAS Power contributes 75% of the cost of moving power lines or putting them underground. Farmers pay a maximum of $2,000. McGregor says the key issue is farm safety. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, you know, we never want to see line contacts with farm machinery, any other large equipment. So anything we can do to, uh, to make the farmyard safer, we're, uh, we're certainly going to invest in that. Last year, there were 17 power line contacts involving farm machinery in farmyards. Last year, we saw 17, uh, approximately 17 line contacts inside the farmyard itself. Now, it might not sound like a lot, but, you know, when, when you have programs like this that, that easily remove or bury or move these, these farm uh, power lines, these numbers are, are absolutely preventable. So far this year, McGregor says there have been seven incidents of line contacts involving farm machinery in, farm, in farmyards in the province. July was a hot, dry month across Saskatchewan. Environment Canada says Saskatoon and North Battleford experienced the driest month of July all time, with a severe lack of rain and heat hovering over the middle of the province. Janelle Gurgley is a meteorologist with Environment Canada, and she spoke with 620 CKRM's Ryan McNally this morning and says closer to home, dryness varied depending on your location. Regina was only the 27th driest on record, um, so that is considerably different than Moose Jaw, just to the, the west, which was the third driest on record. So it really varies um, as you look across the province. Obviously some heat records over the weekend as well. Uh, what are some of the major ones that were set? So the heat really moved in on Sunday and Monday. We had nine records set across the province on Sunday and another six yesterday. Um, of significance, I'm going to look at what was the highest. Uh, we saw on Sunday, the highest we saw was 36 in the leader area. 
And then yesterday, I believe the highest we saw was in the Kindersley area. They saw 37.4 yesterday. And that southwestern corner was really quite warm. So what was the oldest record to fall? The oldest record to fall? That's a good question. Yesterday, the oldest record to fall was the Watchers area. They hit 34.4, and their previous record of 33.3 was back in 59. Then for Sunday, the oldest record looks like it was in the Kindersley area again. Uh, the previous record was set in 55. Any relief in sight uh, from the heat coming in? Yeah, we're actually seeing a big shift in the pattern going into the weekend. So that upper ridge that's been bringing those warm and dry conditions for much of July is finally getting pushed out. We have a big upper low, we call it, that's going to be moving into Alberta on Saturday um, and that will bring cooler conditions into Saskatchewan on Sunday and Monday. And a bit of rain in the forecast too, which is uh, obviously needed. Yeah, it looks like there'll be higher accumulations in the north, but then as the warm front moves through and the cold front, uh, there is a chance of showers um, with that system. Also, uh, maybe touch on the air quality advisories as well. Uh, what's causing it here in Saskatchewan and what can people do to ensure they're okay uh, during the smoky conditions? Yeah, so for air quality, it looks like there's still quite a few hot spots through northern Saskatchewan. Uh, today shouldn't look too bad for areas in southern Saskatchewan, but tomorrow we're going to see the wind shift. Um, and they're going to be northerly winds. So it's going to bring all that smoke that's with those fires in the north, southward, um, kind of towards Regina. It looks like a lot of the concentrations are going to be in southwestern, or sorry, southeastern Saskatchewan. So you might see um, air quality statements go out tomorrow, um, but definitely the air quality is going to worsen um, through Wednesday and Thursday. The best thing you can do is keep your windows shut, uh, which is hard to do in this heat. Um, and just limit your time outside. Try to stay indoors where air quality should be better. That was Janelle Gurgley from Environment Canada on the current weather in hot, dry weather in Saskatchewan. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Ease Troughs. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEastroughs.ca. And Farmtronics in Regina, your farm electronics specialists. From moisture testers to security cameras, keeping your farm running productively and efficiently since 1977. 380 Henderson Drive. This is going to be one of the earliest harvests in recent memory, with some combining already starting to, in, to some southern and central regions. Kevin Hirschen is an agricultural journalist and consultant, and he also farms in the Cabri area in southwest Saskatchewan, about 65 kilometers northwest of Swift Current. And he joins CJWW's Neil Billinger. There is some peas been harvested, there is some lentils been desiccated and then harvested. It's still early stages, though, and I think it's also tough for people to get too excited about jumping into it because it's going to be a, a pretty meager harvest compared to, to other years. So uh, things were slower than I would have expected. I saw some fields where I thought people would be pushing into them, and I think there's maybe just a little bit of lack of enthusiasm at, at this point, nobody pushing uh, pushing too hard yet. What have your early results been, and are they as uh, bad as you might have originally thought? We've just done most of our maple peas. So the best field was 15 bushels an acre. Next one was a little less, and then we had some stuff that was seeded into hay ground that uh, was, was quite poor. I, I think that you know there'll be a lot, of, a lot of crops here in that 10 to 15 bushel range, whether it be peas or lentils, 
the canola I've seen really ranges. There might be some 20 bushel canola crops, but there's going to be some that are look like they're five as well. So uh, nothing is great, but uh, there are a few bright spots here and there. And if you go a, a few miles away where the showers were a little bit better, there there is some better results. But overall, it's a really big area with really subpar yield potential. How much rain have you had on your farm down at Cabri this year? I would say that we had that inch and a half of rain and snow right after seeding. Uh, we had another uh, almost an inch. Uh, then we had uh, a few times of a couple tents. So there's been years probably with less rain, but I think there would be hard-pressed to see any years with low rainfall and the amount of heat that we had. And crops were doing, you know, reasonably good potential up until that July 1st weekend when that extreme heat hit. I've got a, a Durham field that looks like there should be some crop out there, but you go out there and the heat hit it at the wrong time and most of the heads are empty. I think it's probably a five bushel crop that uh, I'll get a neighbor to graze cattle on. I, I think it'll be written off. Uh, have you heard of a... A lot of uh, people doing that same thing, getting a, a really bad crop and just saying, okay, let's uh, write it off and, and let the cattle guys have a go at it? There's been some deals done with, I know, neighbors that have uh, struck deals with green producers to uh, buy standing green feed and, and various financial considerations to try to come to an equitable deal. But those cattle producers realized they had to do something to get a feed supply or they're going to have to sell off a large percentage of their beef breeding herd. So they, they made the decision and struck deals with uh, grain producers, and it was mutually beneficial. I think that uh, both sides can come out uh, in a win-win situation when uh, a meager crop occurs like that. And I think I really applaud the change to change the uh, low yield appraisal, double it on all crops. That just freed up a whole lot more salvage crop to the the livestock industry without any penalty at all to the grain producer and, and a benefit to the grain producer. So for a, a logical, practical policy, I think that's the best thing they could have done. Kevin Hirsch farms in the Cabray area just northwest of Swift Current. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. It is dry across the prairies, and we are seeing a growing issue with grasshoppers, which is today's topic on the Real Ag Update. It is time now for another Canola School episode. I recently had the opportunity to catch up with Lyle Jensen, who's an agronomist with Agro Plus. Lyle and I talk about grasshoppers. It has been a dry and windy and hot year across the prairies, and we all know that is something those grasshoppers really seem to enjoy. Lyle and I chat about about grasshoppers specifically in canola. Now you might think, you know, that it attacks your cereals and doesn't like your canola crop, but trust me, it 
does. So check out this video where we talk about what you need to know about grasshoppers in your canola and what sort of options you might have when it comes to controlling them. Yeah, so as we've basically been in drought conditions here with the heat, the grasshoppers have been pretty rapidly expanding their territory out of the ditches and some of the graze land here. Beside us is some graze land that's basically been burned off in the heat as well as been grazed. So now the grasshoppers are in the ditch. They've pretty much finished off a lot of the luscious grass in there and they're starting to move into the canola. And the canola is not really a preferred food source for the grasshoppers, but as you can see, they are fully capable of stripping it down. They've even taken a lot of the green off of the stem and chewed entire side branches off. And we basically, we came in here, we did spray a group 28 insecticide about seven days ago. And that is having an effect on the grasshoppers as they move into the field. It's basically just forming a barrier along the edge of the field. And it, it, it's a little bit more effective on crawling, jumping grasshoppers, the nymph stage, than it is on the adults. The adults can fly over that barrier. Basically, we just sprayed the outside headland with it. A group one or a three is a little bit faster of a result, especially over the ditches, if you can burn off most of the adults, but there's no meaningful residual. So if the grasshoppers are flushing, or in this case, coming off grazeland, it's not always the best option. Ecobrand is also another good option, one of the, the baits. So now if you're looking in your canola field and you are actually seeing, like you said, it's not their preferred source, but they will really decimate that canola. What, what can feeding really look like? The feeding will mostly be on the tender green parts of the plant. So right now at this stage of the canola, a lot of the feeding is on the leaves, but as those leaves start to drop off later on or young tender pods develop, they will go after those pods. And quite often in canola, what happens is those pods can be some of the last green on the plant. So later in the season when that graze land and the grassland is really burned off, the grasshoppers will move in and they'll strip the pods off the top of the plants. So can you talk about the different types of feeding? We have the migratory grasshopper and the two-stripe grasshopper, kind of the most prominent. The feeding does look a little different. Do you want to touch on that? Yeah, the two-stripe grasshopper typically will take long strips off of the pods. They'll feed in a line, whereas the migratory grasshopper will kind of just take a chunk. The end result is basically the same. It'll compromise pod integrity, and if they're hungry, they'll eat the seeds right out of the pod. So now when we're looking at making that consideration on spraying, what sort of thresholds are out there? The thresholds are gonna vary depending on the condition of your crop. You know, this canola might, you know, be maybe 30 bushels if we're lucky on dry land. So, I mean, threshold is basically going to be, like in this case, along the edge of the field, the damage is severe. It's worth spraying the headland. If it was the entire field situation, you'd probably be looking for seven to 10 grasshoppers per square meter. Okay, and are you sweeping for those or you're just looking within this, the square meter? I'm just looking within the square meter. I'm a pretty big guy. My steps are almost exactly one meter. So if I hold my hands out roughly three feet apart or a meter apart and take a step and I see five to seven grasshoppers jump between my arms, I know I'm at threshold. Okay, absolutely. And anything else you would like to recommend to producers if they are seeing those grasshoppers, even later on in the season, that it they, they can still cause issues in that adult stage? Yes, it is never too late. Even in cereals, when you're approaching ripening, quite often they can still take the heads off the plants a week before you're combining. So watch your thresholds. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at Real Agriculture. 
It's your Agra weather forecast on the source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352 1866. And the Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in with no appointment necessary or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today will be mainly cloudy with a slight chance of showers and a risk of a thunderstorm late this afternoon with widespread smoke and a high of 29. Tomorrow we will see a mix of sun and cloud near noon with widespread smoke, windy and a high of 30 and a low of 13. Thursday a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 27 and a low of 14. Friday sunny and a high of 30 and a low of 16. Saturday a mix of sun and cloud with a slight chance of showers, a high of 25, a low of 13. Sunday cloudy with a good chance of showers, a high of 21 and a low of 12. And Monday, a mix of sun and cloud with a slight chance of showers and a high of 21. The normal for this time of year is around 26 degrees, with the normal low being around 11. The sun rose at 529 this morning and will set at 840 tonight. Around the province right now, Estevan's at 28, Saskatoon's at 27, Weyburn's at 26, and Yorkton is at 28. Right now in Moose Jaw, there's smoke. The wind is out of the east-southeast at 11 kilometers an hour, and it's 25 degrees. And in Regina right now, there's smoke. The wind is calm out of the south-southeast, and it's also 25 degrees. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall. Google Auctioneers, McDougallAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizers just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Municipal hail insurance adjusters had a busy few weeks during the last half of July with a pair of powerful storms rolling through the province. CEO Rodney Shetler shares more. Uh, Josh, the second half of the month was a little more like normal in our space. You know, the first half was pretty quiet. So I'll just split it into weeks for you. So the week of July 11th, we had a big event go through north of the city. So it kind of hit from Bethune all the way over to Melville. And there's some big hail in there, a lot of 100% losses. And the claim count for our office alone was 1,104. So it was the biggest event of the year. And most of that hail fell on July 11th. There was also some hail in the Assiniboia area and then some on the east side of the province around Redverse. And early indications are that they're going to be pretty expensive claims. You said there was another massive storm on the 22nd that affected a lot of areas. Uh, what was the results from that storm on July 22nd? Pretty similar, actually. So that I'll report on the week of the 18th. So July 22nd was the big event that week. There was 906 claims out of the 974 we received for that week. And I'll start maybe up north of North Battleford. There was a big system that went through there. It started in Alberta, and it finished off just north of uh, Prince Albert. Uh, we're just starting to get in there, but the indications from claimants are that there's a lot of hail in there as well, some high severity. And then if you come back to the Regina Moose area on July 22nd, it hit the same area that got hit on the 11th, or certainly some of the claimants. And the reports are if you weren't 100 the first time, you might be now. And that storm ran on a bit of a different angle. It sort of started at Moose Jaw, and it went all the way up to Wadena, so it ran on a northeast track and in a fairly sharp line. 
which is a bit unique. Most of them are west to east. Then there were also some losses in that Indian Head area, and then again down in the Redbirds area, and then a few into Manitoba around Boisevain. That one, though, Josh, it's a little harder for me to give you an estimate, but just from what we're hearing, it's, it's going to be heavy as well in spots, and those claims are just starting to get adjusted now. And for that event, like I mentioned, there was 974 in total, and July 22nd was a big day with over 900 claims. And so how did this July compare to, let's say, July of 2020 and even July of 2019? Uh, on an overall basis, I'd say it's been a bit quieter than his- history would say. So if you do the last five years, I'd say we had fewer claims in July. But the jury's still out on the cost, and we won't know that for a, probably another 10 days. But based on what I've been hearing and stuff, I would think the cost per claim is going to be higher than the five-year average. So the severity seems up, and that's sort of typical with high heat and the big events that can happen from that. So you'll be getting some severe losses with lots of wind and some rain. Uh, of the uh, the claims that are coming in, have you heard of them affecting more of the drought-stricken crops or maybe some of those luckier uh, producers who, were, who did see some rain this summer? The unfortunate part in the hail, it tends to follow moisture. So a lot of the claims we're getting are in areas where the crops are better than average or at least a good average this year. The province as a whole, I would say, is suffering due to the heat and, of course, the dry conditions. But unfortunately, the hail seems to hit better crops. But we'll do our part. You know, we're going to assess them as fairly as we can and uh, recognize the claimants for the loss, whether it's a good crop or a bad crop. And I guess what are you expecting for the rest of the summer? Are you expecting it to kind of be on this slow trajectory that July was? Or are you expecting it to bump up in August here? Well, if history repeats itself, August is usually quieter for hail, generally just because you get less moisture in August and harvest is coming early. So I guess if I was a gambler, I would probably assume that August is going to be quieter than average. So I think it's going to be a quiet year for the hail industry. We're probably going to be 60% of a normal year, maybe 70. Well, I think that's all I have for you today, Rodney. Anything else you want to add? No, maybe just uh, to producers, you know, we thank you for your business. And if you do have a hail event and you're harvesting, remember to leave us some strips and stay safe. Take once, care. Once again, that was Municipal Hail Insurance CEO Rodney Shetler. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Covering for Jim Smalley, here's Josh Sigerson. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service, ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. Some harvest activities underway in the Wynyard area. Norm Hall farms in the region. There's uh, been some combines running for the last uh, four or five days, mostly doing peas. And there's been a fair bit of uh, desiccation being done on peas. Uh, some guys desiccating some early wheat. And I guess there's... Uh, but over the last uh, four or five days, canola has been turning really quickly too. So that part of the harvest isn't too far off either. Hall says it's pretty dry in the Wynyard area, but not like some other areas. I've done some traveling in the province and, and uh, hearing reports. And uh, we actually have a crop. And uh, it may not be uh, reach the, the average level. But uh, as uh, Les Henry says, uh, Beware the bottom half of the average. The average is made up of, of highs and lows, and this is going to be one of those lows. So we're, uh, we're lucky to have what we have compared to other parts of the province. 
One good thing that drought has done is the water level in the Quill Lakes has been receding. It's down uh, from from its peak in in uh, of 2017. It's down a little over four feet, which is allowing acres to be recovered. There's uh, quite a number of acres on the north side of the lakes and and the and the west sides, which are a, a much flatter terrain than than on the south side here. I myself have been able to recover 130 acres of the 700 that I lost. Uh, I, I should be going into the the firewood business because you get out there and on that 130 acres, the trees and, and fence posts that I'm collecting would be measured in cords, not individual numbers. So it, there's there's a lot of wood out there. And, and according to colleagues around the lakes, this is common because uh, the lake shore or the, yeah, the lake shore were covered in trees and, and all of the, the pasture areas at the fence posts and, and, uh, and corrals up that uh, have been wiped out by the, the wave action and ice action. So, mm-hmm. you know, all floated and washed up wherever, including car tires and, and uh, coolers and anything else that was dropped in the, in the pastures over the last hundred years. So, Norm Hall was previously president of APAS and the vice president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. He is currently the reeve for the RM of Elfross. The Market Updates on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you're a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading today as Durham was up 64 cents at 469.75. Feed barley was up $30 to 294.65. Canola was down 23.45 to 794.32. Flax was unchanged at 776.39. Lentils were down $13.21 at 815.71. Oats were up $7 at 275.53. Yellow peas were up $44.04. Feed wheat was down $55 and at 12 cents to 183.72 and one red spring wheat was up $5 and 32 cents to 357.76 back in a moment. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. The livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn at 842-4574. And now the latest livestock quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 3rd. The dry conditions in the West have been affecting the slaughter market, putting pressure on the packers in the West. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.80 to $0.90. D3 cows sold from $0.70 to $0.80. Counter cows sold from $0.60 to $0.70. Hefferette sold from $1 to $1.15. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.09 to $1.29. There weren't enough steers or heifers in any one weight break to establish an accurate price quotation. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. This is Bill Alford with the Hams Market Commentary for Tuesday, August 3rd. Hams sold 4,600 hogs Friday, selling in a range of 240 to 266 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 10,400 head, selling in a range of 243 to 261 per CKG. Hams number one sales this week are selling in the range of 70 to 77 cents per pound live weight. 
Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices open higher this morning. On Friday, the Canadian dollar was down 8 basis points, but the daily exchange rate at 1.2462. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 79.68 cents U.S. U.S. markets were open yesterday, with cash markets starting the week split as negotiated prices of hogs that were uncommitted moving lower, while the price of uncommitted hogs that referenced carcass prices moving higher. In fact, the pork carcass cutout saw massive gain to start the week, with all of the primal cuts contributing, with the ham primal the standout adding $10 US 100 weight. With hog slaughter being maintained at near the lowest levels in two years, and pork inventory already being tight, pork prices will likely only start to slide when production levels recover, likely in the latter half of August. However, there was greater optimism that fall prices won't fall off as badly as is typical in the October to December time frame, while the matching lean hog futures adding more than a dollar a hundredweight in yesterday's trade. Recently, there has been a greater focus on inflation and ag commodities given supply constraints, which likely played into yesterday's across-the-board gains. And coming up, the resource reports. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. And now, the resource report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg. SAS Power has announced a partnership with the First Nations Power Authority. The two organizations will discuss future supply options with the goal of reaching net zero emissions by 2050. Options being considered for future power generation include hydro, solar, wind, and even large-scale battery storage. Coal also remains an option, but only with carbon capture and storage. FNPA President and CEO Guy Lonechild says having First Nations around the province part of these discussions is vital. The FNPA will be facilitating multiple engagement sessions on the future of the province's power system, which includes discussions on potential supply systems. Those sessions will run from September 8th until the 30th. And PepsiCo will sell Tropicana and other juices to a private equity firm in a $3.3 billion deal. The New York Drink and Snack Company will keep a 39% non-controlling stake in a newly formed joint venture in the deal with PIA Partners. The sale reflects the industry's uncertainty about demand for fruit juice as consumers look for healthier options with less sugar. U.S. juice sales volumes actually rose last year as more people enjoyed breakfast at home during the pandemic and sought the immunity benefits of vitamin C. But that was a blip in a longer-term decline where overall juice sales fell 3% between 2015 and 2020. On the markets today, the TSX is up 75 points at 20,363. The Dow is up 207 points at 35,045. Oil is down 68 cents at 70.58 a barrel. And the Canadian dollar is down two one hundredths of a cent at 79.66 cents US. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show today, tune into the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. For Jim Smalley, I'm Josh Sigurdsson. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.